You're listening to Music Tectonics. Welcome back to Music Tectonics, where we go beneath the surface of music and technology. I'm your host, Dimitri Vitsa. I am the CEO and founder of Rock, Paper, Scissors, a music and tech PR firm. And today I'm at NAM, the National Association of Music Merchandisers in Anaheim, California. And we're doing some interviews from the floor here. And I have with me today a very special guest, Rob D'Amico from Avid. He's the Director of Product Marketing of Audio Solutions. How are you doing, Rob? Very good. How are you today? I'm doing great. You, you holding up okay in the NAM environment? Yep. Day one is done. It's been a really exciting uh, start of the show. Um, and we're ready for uh, day two, three, and four. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you've got good shoes. Yes. Uh, brand new shoes. And I don't know if that was the greatest idea coming in. But... Uh, <laughs> Yep, new shoes to ready to break it in. That's great. Well, let's start off with um, giving our listeners an overview of Avid's products and where the company fits into the music ecosystem. We've got a diverse audience of listeners in the in the great. music industry, and some of them probably use your Pro Tools and other things all the time, and some of them might be totally new to it. But let's give them a quick overview. Sure, Avid Technology uh, delivers products and solutions across all media uh, entertainment uh, industry for creating media and content. Um, from news to video editing and, and film to music creation and um, all, all sorts of cr uh, content that gets created, Avid uh, usually has a product that is associated with that content. Um, so, you know, my focus here at Avid uh, is on the audio solutions, as you mentioned. Um, and man, it is such a great year uh, that we're going to have uh, with a lot of new audio products and solutions that really um, resonates with uh, customers' needs and challenges that they've had in the industry um, in creating sound for picture or uh, music uh, content. Yeah, so talk just a tiny bit more about your role in the, in the company as, uh, as director of product marketing. Sure. So my role here is to really make sure that we get our product messaging and positioning out uh, in how we're trying to describe our product solutions to our customers, right? So my job is to, with, with the small team, to go and talk to a lot of customers, talk to a lot of um, uh, users uh, in the industry to understand what kind of challenges they have when dealing with audio creation, whether for sound for picture, podcasting even, uh, or um, music production. And so we understand and learn from these conversations, their challenges, their needs, what their goals are and what they're trying to accomplish. And uh, we bring that back to the product management team. We align on some of the uh, ideas that we can solve for uh, with, these with, with what challenges are being uh, communicated to us about. And uh, then we turn it into a product. Um, so the product management team works with the development team to develop a product, whether it's software or even hardware, um, or even a cloud solution for that matter. And then my job is then to make sure that we articulate it to the market what the problems we are trying to solve uh, with these solutions and products, You know how we're positioning, how we want to message it, how we want to really try to simplify the communication of understanding what we're trying to do. Gotcha. Yeah. And I guess most people would know Pro Tools in the music industry. Sure. That would be probably the most popular product that you guys have. Yes. Um, are there other things that the music industry would be interfacing with or or uh, uh, that you'd want people to know about? Maybe newer things or or, uh, or, or uh, plugins or anything else like that? Sure. Yeah. So Pro Tools is, um, you know, been 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 the standard in a lot of music production and audio post-production sound for film. 
uh, for 30 years, right? And so that DAW, Digital Audio Workstation, is basically the platform for where people start to record or edit and, and mix and then deliver, right? So it all starts with that being the, the source in the platform. But it's not just the, the, the Digital Audio Workstation, the software that helps um, creators create their content. It's also around the equipment that connects into the software, that integrates with the software. And one of the things that Avid really um, delivers to the market is integration of control surfaces, so mixing consoles um, that integrate with the software, interface boxes that integrate with the software, so it's a very um, uh, much easier um, um, process for the creator to take away the technology. When you have that level of integration around how you create music, uh, and the integration of the hardware and the software just seamlessly work, and it becomes an extension, and it, it's, it's invisible to the creative process, um, that's where we really feel like we're um, uniquely uh, advantaged uh, when, we, when we're talking to our customers about how they want to create music. The other component is, on the other end of the spectrum, is once they finish and create their content, once they have a piece of music that that they're happy with and they want to actually share with the world and you know get it heard we have uh an actual new product that we just launched at um uh in july the summer name actually called avid play and it's a music distribution uh service so now once you create all your content your music in pro tools you now have an avenue to now distribute it to the spotify's apple music pandora or um Amazon Music, any of the, the top over 80 different outlets that we distribute to that very, very affordable for independent artists. So when we talk to independent artists, one of the challenges are like, I want to be able to, you know, reap the benefits, create um, uh, in a way for me to get heard, but keep 100% of the earnings that I'm owed because it's my music. So we created this service that we absolutely make sure that the artist gets 100% of the earnings that they they deserve for getting heard uh, or getting those stream counts up or getting those download purchases. So um, Avid Play is, is, is new and it's, it's hopefully going to um, attract new musicians and artists and producers to use this service so that they can actually have a way to distribute their music around the world and actually get heard. And, um, get their music maybe even licensed for, for programming at some point. Yeah, as you know, Rob, we, we talk about these seismic shifts at Music Tectonics, and one of them is uh, music creations in the hands of the masses. So I, I totally see where you're going, where, where people not only can make it, but then also get it out to the world it makes a ton of sense. And, you yeah. know, that brings us to kind of like a larger context of how are DAWs influencing the overall industry and fans' experience of music? I mean, sure. there was a time when DAWs didn't really exist. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I, I grew up uh, in that world, actually, and went to college um, to study the art of uh, mixing, and that was on 24-track tape. Mm -hmm. um, that transition into Pro Tools, um, you know, happened in that the mid-90s and uh, well into where we are today to be that, that cornerstone now of creation, the DAW that you, that you say. I mean, there are so many DAWs of choice. Um, that people use today for creation. What we do find um, it, it, that for the majority of those uh, that create another does, 
they often find themselves when they want to do a final mix or mix in a uh, in a professional studio sense they transition their 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 sequences or their their projects into Pro Tools to do that final mix. Um, DAWs for creation, the goal there, I would say, is to really keep the technology invisible, mm. right? And, and give it a landscape that is kind of like a, a canvas for a painter, right? So that they can just easily get the ideas that they have in their head on paper, or in this case, in the digital domain, um, so that way they can just as they get inspired with a new sound or a new beat or a, a new melody, they can easily capture it and then build off it. So the, the DAR is a tool in, in the artist's um, toolbox, right, in that sense. And, and that's kind of how we, we view it in, in making sure that we give every piece of that tool um, um, the strong capabilities it needs to be for that artist to, to deliver what they're what they have in their mind and what they're trying to get that vision across. Gotcha. So you're, you guys are probably thinking about what kind of interface and experience sure. for those musicians will get them in there quickly, making stuff, yeah. moving stuff around, getting the sounds they want. But to me, what the larger picture is saying is really, I mean, you talked about having 24 tracks on tape, imagining editing that much tape, literally, yeah. um, versus the experience of all that physical product and, and labor kind of no longer being necessary it really opens up the door to more people creating and people creating more prolifically. And I think that's another thing we talk about at Music Tectonics is just how much music there is. That's right. And, and the fact that more types of people are able to have access to creating music. Yeah, well, the DAW also, you know, the transition from tape to, to a digital audio workstation, you move from a linear way of creating to a nonlinear way of creating. And that is super, super important to note because people don't always think in a progression sense. They have ideas that come after the fact that they just want to insert in different areas at moment's notice and then build off of that and then have it progress. And so the digital workstation is that, uh, that open medium that they can use to create the free, in freeform mode versus like you said tape it's it's tape it's it's one thing after another right it's it's running past the playhead um and that's how you know um we you're open up to much more creative ideas when you're when you have a an environment like a digital audio workstation same thing for video editing actually as well that whole transition avid was part of that uh transition from film to nonlinear editing um for video editing it's the same type of concept that you now have that random access points to just insert creativity and ideas and putting imagination to to paper or digital so speaking of creativity what are some of the latest developments or trends that you're seeing and how people are making music i mean obviously we've yeah. talked generally about how going digital in production has changed things and you also mentioned all these uh, hardware interface um, solutions that you guys are always working on to even make it easier or more tactile as well. What are some of the latest things that you've seen in terms of trends of, of new, like even this last year or so that people are using to make new music? Wow. Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. I, 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 it's, it's, it's a challenge to answer that in one, you know, I mean, I could give you my perspective on I, it. That's all. what I want. I want you, your perspective and also and in specifics, it doesn't have to be everything, but just, oh, here's one example that will blow your mind or, or just change how you think about music making. Well, I, I think, you know, with with DAWs and the combination of um, using sound effects or any kind of sound 
to be part of a composition, you know, that, that is definitely evolved. That has definitely evolved with the creation of uh, a, a DAW, um, in the digital domain. You have, um, you know, drum machines, you have loop libraries, you have different kind of sample libraries and, and often you have artists that like to sample their own types of uh, sounds and use that as a, a source. With today's music, what, what, what helps people engage and, and draw attention to it is uniqueness, right? Mm. So someone is always all listening for that unique sound again. And so <clears throat> the traditional sense of just recording um, a piece of uh, an instrument, so to say, is, is sometimes what I, what I would say is not as interesting when composing for different styles of music. Um, you want to um, evolve a sound. You want to manipulate a sound and, and create like a, a certain texture uh, to, to a beat or to a, uh, a loop or, or, or a synth sound um, that draws someone's attention to saying, oh, wow, that's a really cool... Uh, evolving sound or a build up into uh, a transition of uh, you know a chorus to a back to a verse or a verse into a chorus it's those types of things that you know um, that I find people are drawn to and it's an evolution of building on EDM styles and um, you know other type of hip-hop and and, 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 and and styles like that and traditional rock even has gone into um, using a lot of samples into their their creation um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's going to continue to evolve. It's going to continue to always, um, innovate in, in the, the creator's mind in how to create a sound that is just now manipulated into, uh, an instrument. Yeah. It's interesting because, you know, traditionally you just had an acoustic instrument that had a particular timbre, had a particular range and a dynamism. And, uh, once you have this ability to micromanage your sound, you know, yeah. really get to that. T tone, tonal level and the timbral level. Yep, you you are inventing an instrument every time you you make something. That's um, right, which is pretty interesting, and it's very specific to digital music. I mean, there's some some traditional or historic ways in which people did some of that, even with like wah wah pedals or oh sure yeah yeah or uh, you know we, we you know we've seen African xylophones where they put the membrane of a, a spider's egg on the, uh, the resonator that gives yeah. it a buzz or they put jangly stuff on thumb pianos, things like that, where all of a sudden you have this crazy buzz. They're, they're basically manipulating the sound, but without, without digital, but, but that, that timbral aspect of it is, is very unique to the digital age, I think. Yeah, without a doubt. And it's funny talking to some artists, like they go above and beyond just to create some just crazy, recordings and then take that into the digital main domain and just you know manipulate and continue to manipulate with different effects um, you can get down to your point to the sample level of a sound right the very the smallest frac fraction of of, uh, uh, of a space of, of what makes up a sound file and uh, manipulate that right. and that can really change how you perceive like an emotion and uh, it's, it's pretty pretty awesome have you seen, obviously you mentioned electronic music and, and hip hop, obviously in the digital world, those are those are heavily uh, dependent on a lot of those digital sounds, but are you seeing any new genres or even micro genres that are emerging as a result of this technology? Um, yeah, I, I, I would say, you know, I was listening on the plane ride over here to the new um, Ed Sheeran um, CD, the compilation that he, 
he, it, it, he's an amazing artist that um, uses all the tools in, 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 that he has at his fingertips and he collaborates amazingly with different artists like uh, you know Eminem, 50 Cent, all the way to Cardi B and um, Travis um, and it's just every every song on that album is a collaboration with a different artist and it has a different flavor and a different when you hear like just the rhythms and the beats and the background um, reverbs that are he's using on the different songs even like the space that he's putting the vocals in um, when you really listen to how it resonates and it decays it, it has different types of, of trails to it that just create a, a different environment and different um, uh, emotion to, the, to to what he's trying to do and he's very artistic in when he does that stuff it's it's, it's really fun to listen to when you it's hard to talk about some of these sounds sometimes too because you kind of have to hear them they do something you do. to your ear into your head into that's your spirit, right but. it's an emotional thing it's emotional traction and yeah so switching gears here <clears throat> there's a lot of new types of music making apps that are for mobile phones what are your thoughts about or mobile devices what are your thoughts about mobile devices replacing de desktops it's a great question um i think there as as we were saying at the very beginning the dar being the the centerpiece of the platform mobile devices i do see as kind of like what an interface is today as far as it's it's it's, it's part of the tool in the toolbox right so what mobile gives you is that um freedom to be anywhere in the world and have an idea and get it captured right so a lot of folks you know artists they travel they're performers we were talking about that right not only are they recording artists and producers and engineers they also are performers so they travel and uh, from city to city from state and to state and country to country that doesn't stop them from creating and having ideas so what mobile does is it gives them that platform to then capture anything at any given time and start the process sooner start it at that moment of the idea happening and then a lot of artists today will capture it on their phone in different types of apps and then bring it into the dar afterwards because it's a, it's a sound file at that point and then it builds from there uh, i think it's 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 a fant fantastic way to work do you guys see a moment when the primary platform will be mobile and that desktop may wither away it's a great question. I don't know if any time real soon, to be honest with you. Um, I think uh, the desktop and the reliability, stability um, is is so important to the professional end user um, to make sure that they don't have downtime, um, that they stay in that creative mode and having the all the tools um, that they want to interrupt with. You know, that's a huge paradigm shift. Um, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard for me to predict the future. Um, but I would say, mobile will continue to be an uh, an accessory to the creative process. Whether it becomes the the the, the, the core platform, who knows? Uh, if if it gets powerful enough, if everybody ends up going in that direction, but I don't see that happening in the next five years. Okay. Cool. Well, to continue the future predicting, I'm curious, where do you stand in the AI music generation oh, conversation? I love it. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Um, you know, being a musician myself, um, uh, or a drummer, some, some people don't refer to me as a musician, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, it, it's, it, 
I think AI is is something that we all should be paying attention to. Um, we should be using AI for assistive means. I think when you we, when some people talk about music creation or music production and um, audio production in general, and you you use the word ter uh, the term AI. People get worried that, oh, you're going to remove jobs from the industry and replace people with machines. And that's not at all what I'm thinking about. I'm talking about being assistive to the creative process, removing the mundane, uh, you know, um, busy work that is part of creation today, like setting up a session potentially or setting up, um, um, you know, a, a, a preset or... Um, getting some some like the starting point set up like for you when you're mixing as an example I'll give you an example um, when you're mixing a bunch of different sounds together right a bass drum along with the guitar bass right those frequencies that you, it's often conflict mm -hmm. okay so at the lower the lower frequency area of, of the spectrum well AI can be assistive in letting you know how to uh, visually shape a certain sound to be able to stick out more give you some ideas on okay where the EQ curve could be and then you could take it to the next level to tweak so I, I think AI has a, has a, a place in the industry for sure um, to be assistive um, rather than the, um, what people sometimes get paranoid with in taking on the complete um, creative process right yeah yeah interesting cool so another one that's coming I, I would say is 5g how do you think 5g <laughs> cellular wireless uh, will change music making and maybe collaboration because that might be the sure um, collaboration is a good one I, I'd love to dive into that in a second um, but just to answer your other question uh, the 5g component I think it's just it's faster right so it's speed um, in this case um, is, is more assistive. It, it helps the collaboration process for sure. Um, it helps getting, you know, the idea of what we were talking about a moment ago, being mobile with uh, an idea and getting it captured, having system. So having a system where you have your, your, your mobile device connected to your, your main studio. So that way, as you're capturing an idea, it automatically uploads in the background and ready for someone else to start working with it, right? So 5G just enables that pipeline to be more stable, faster, and more reliable, right? Right. Um, that's how I see that. But collaboration is, is, is a really, really important one because with, with, and this is something that Avid has focused on for many years now and has um, a, a really good solution to it uh, for collaborating on the, the creative process in Pro Tools. So we call it cloud collaboration. So you could invite anywhere in the world, anyone to a Pro Tools uh, project. Um, you connect with them um, and send them an invitation to that project. And next time they sit down with their Pro Tools system, they'll see that project show up and they can be contributors to that session. So you can, as, as say I was the owner of that session or um, it was, it was my project that I was inviting you to collaborate with. You'd get an invitation. I'd assign, say, a certain number of tracks for you to input, say, bass track into. And I'm working on the drum track. So when you're done, you hit the up button, and all of a sudden your track's in the background without you having to 
deal with managing and placing it into a Dropbox, automatically puts it up into the cloud, and I get a notification in my project as I'm working that there's a track available for me to download. Hit the green button, bang, it shows up, and I get what you just worked on. And you could have been in another country. So it really focuses on no matter where you are in the world, if you have an artist that you really want to work with on a project, we have a means to do that today. And it's it's super, super powerful. Yeah, I mean, just as we were talking about how you manipulate the, just the, the very most micro level of sounds with mm -hmm. this digital platform, now you're also talking about basically time travel or space travel in a way because all of a sudden this person that's on the other end of the world could you'd never be able to collaborate with now you have the opportunity yep and i'll be interested to see with 5g if you can do it in real time or <laughs> or or any kind of you know any kind of um, um broad broader band whether it's uh, through phones or or through um through ethernet and yeah i think i think it it's it's open to evolve for sure into that area. Um, I wouldn't doubt it uh, uh, one bit if, if it turned into a real time level collaboration um, at some point. I think there's definitely opportunity there. Yeah. So, um, what new things do you think we will see emerge in music making or listening in the next five or ten years today? Are there uh, are there other AIs or five Gs that we didn't bring up? Other contextual things that you think are going to shift the landscape, or more generally, just what do you think is going to you know what what's going to happen in five or ten years where we're going to say didn't see that coming or you know we, we couldn't almost couldn't even wrap our head around it since you're kind of at the center of this this well, digital world um it's it's curious uh it's hard for me to say i mean i think we're just touching the surface with ai there are some companies that are doing um more things with it to utilize that assistive um means um i i see in the next five years that just really evolving into um uh, a more a more prominent part of people's workflows um, beyond that as far as it's hard for me to say for sure um, I think what we do at Avid is we we take a lot of priority in making sure that we understand the customers needs and we try to solve for those um, challenges and needs that they have with different technology so I would say a lot can happen in those conversations that inspire technology companies like Avid to create a, and utilize an AI technology or something else like that to develop to solve for that problem that people have. Um, again, the goal is to make sure that people are able to be as creative as possible without the tools and the technology getting in the way. Right. Yeah. Awesome. So we're at NAM. We haven't really talked about NAM much Hi. yet. Um, so we'll save that for now. Uh, what is Avid announcing here at NAM this year? Is there anything that uh, that's new that, that people should know you're up to? Yeah. You know, uh, as, as I was saying, it's, it's a really exciting time to be at Avid for audio. Um, we have finished out 2019 with an amazing uh, launch and um, shipment of, of new control surfaces. Um, uh, we have our Avid S4, which is a large uh, mid-size uh, console for um, studios to do um, mixing um, and production. And then we, uh, in December, shipped our uh, Avid S1 console, which is uh, eight faders, perfect size for um, a project studio. It could be expanded up to um, four of these um, daisy chain together by a magnetic strip. Um, really, really powerful. So we have those on debut. The, uh, at the show for the first time, we have a new version of Pro Tools 2020 that we're uh, launched at the show yesterday that's on display um, showcasing what we call folder tracks. Again, 
getting the clutter, getting uh, a project that is very complex, being able to create folders for your tracks uh, to better organize your session and, and keep that creative flow going without the complexity of how many tracks you have going and in, in staring at you in the face. Um, we have a new piece of hardware interface um, to be able to capture, it's called the Pro Tools Matrix Studio, to be able to capture recordings um, and be able to monitor um, more efficiently um, uh, your audio content up to Dolby Atmos. And we didn't actually talk about Dolby Atmos, but that could be a, a, another topic after I finish other things that we're not announcing because that's a new emerging uh, platform a format that uh, is now making its way into music, um, or very much so. Um, and then our, um, we were also launching uh, at the show, um, we have an accelerated um, card that for, for processing audio that we now have that ability to connect it to a laptop through Thunderbolt uh, 3. Uh, as well as an iMac and Mac Mini. So you can have the power of our uh, DSP cards uh, on a simple laptop to get that same guaranteed performance and the lowest latency recording uh, you need when, when, when tracking a band or um, recording a vocal. Nice. Well, that's a lot of cool stuff, and it, it combines the software and the hardware side. But let's let's do let's talk about Atmos. And um, yeah, people have probably at least heard the name bandied about. Why don't you start by just telling us what it is, and then why you're excited about it? Yeah. So um, Dolby is uh, a great partner at Avid. Um, we we talk and been uh, working together very very closely over the past uh, five plus years. So Dolby Atmos is a new format or somewhat new format um, over the past five years it's an immersive firm format so think think about when you're listening to music or I should say what people can relate to it mostly right now is when they go to the movie theater and they hear all sounds around them uh, you know it's a, it's a vertical uh, um, sound space as well as a horizontal sound space all around you so think of it as a sphere of sound that you can pinpoint uh, a, a sound source at any given area of, of that sphere. So Atmos being, Dolby Atmos being that format, um, and now it, the trend is, is very much taking off in applying that to music mix that you can create a mixing uh, environment um, where you can place instruments or sounds anywhere in, in your head. Uh, whether you're listening to it on headphones or you have a, uh, a listening environment that supports uh, Adobe Atmos, you can now play sound sources at any given point. Give that separation. Uh, it's, it, for music, it's not about flying things around like you do in, in, in their theater for a movie. It's about separation of sound sources that, so that they have their space in an area that uh, contributes to the emotion of the of the song that you're listening to. Really, really a powerful way to uh, experience music. Um, and what Avid provides um, is the creation process of that music. We provide the tools to uh, pan or place or um, uh, create the sounds at those locations and create that final delivery format to experience it in Dolby Atmos. That's awesome. I'm glad you brought that up because I think um, there's so much happening with oral technology yep. and how the experience of listening is um, with 3D sound and, and all mm -hmm. these all these things. That's definitely, I think, one of those things that we're gonna we're gonna get used to and be like, 
what were we, we were listening out of tin, tin cans before. That's right. Know? That's right. Uh, I believe the uh, one of the Alexa um, speakers actually y- you can purchase today on the market and you can experience an immersive mix um, oh, that are, are already are being streamed from some of the different outlets. Uh, an actual Dolby mix uh, immersive uh music experience be clear that's one speaker it's not behind you it's not around you it's just the one that's right yeah that's right that's very cool so we covered what you're announcing here um what do you get out of being at nam for people there's some people in our audience who maybe never have uh well obviously i don't know if there's sound bleed but we're kind of in a booth but (laughs) yeah nam is loud we know that oh yeah (laughs) nam is very loud uh it's great um uh no all kidding aside nam why it's so important uh, for me is it's a way in one location to meet with so many users and customers and people in the industry to just share ideas and, and share what experiences they've, they've been having over the last year. And some of their um, some of the best conversations happen when you get in front of someone in, in a place like NAM and just start talking about, you know, what their process is or listening to how someone just finished up a project and they ran into a certain situation that now, okay, sparks an idea of what we could potentially do to work on to solve for it. Um, at NAM, we also have a main stage um, at our booth um, that we have invited a bunch of our artists come and talk about how they use our products to create um, music or, or sound for picture. And Saturday at one o'clock at the booth, we have a special, special guest coming, Quincy Jones. That's awesome. Yeah, he's going to be coming and talk to us for an hour uh, about his life in music. Yeah, so um, that's great. Uh, well, I really appreciate you, Rob, coming out and taking some time from your very busy day to have this conversation. Really interesting stuff. Uh, thanks for going there with us on the 10,000 foot view <laughs> stuff. My pleasure. It's probably not something you're talking about every day here. Um, Rob D'Amico, Director of Product Marketing of Audio Solutions at Avid. I'm sure you're on LinkedIn. Yes. Is there any other shout outs, any places people should go to find out more about Avid, uh, the website? Yeah, <laughs> avid.com. You know, come check it out. Um, you know, learn about all our uh, customers and, and some of the um, great content that they're producing, as well as the products and solutions that we provide to enable them to, to create that uh, great content. So avid.com, um, look forward to seeing many of you in the, in the near future at a show or, or just drop me a note. Awesome, thanks for joining us, Rob. Thank you very much, Dimitri. And thank you for joining Music Tectonics. We've got more interviews coming up, so if you could hit subscribe to your favorite podcasting app, we'll be uh, doing interviews with Moog, with Reason, with uh, um, Autotune, Antares Tech. We've got so much coming up, so make sure to stay tuned, and thanks for listening. Listening to Music Tectonics.